Boom! We are back for another episode of Undivorced Withable. Excited <laughs> to come back with another episode. You know who I got riding side seat with me. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. Man, I'm so glad that we are back with y'all, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. We got a special guest. Our first guest. Our first ever guest. We're sharing the microphone on Undivorced Withable. Uh, because if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about divorce statistics that go along with that. And like, man, divorce is big business in the United States. Especially in black marriages or in the black community. Exactly. So here we are to actually talk to a couple who has gone through it. Um, so, you know, they'll share what they're comfortable sharing about divorce. We're going to have a real conversation about what it means to be divorced, go through the process, and then find your way back to love if, if that's what you're even trying to do. So introducing, <laughs> without, further ado. without further ado, my brother, Big J, Jeremy Robinson, and his wife, Shamika. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us this hello, evening. Hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate y'all for coming through to uh, talk about this. What I would call maybe a sen sensitive subject for some, you know, it, but it, it's one of those subjects that still can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. All right. So you both are married to each other now, but you've gone through this process of, of divorce. Right. So in your, your first marriages, so let me clarify, both of you just on your second marriage or? Correct. Yes. Okay. So how long were you all married when you were in your first marriages? So I was actually married for two years, my first go round. Two long years. <laughs> two long years. <laughs> two long years. And uh, Big J, how about you? Uh, that marriage lasted seven years. Seven years. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. All right. So tell us when you guys were um, getting into the thick of things. So, of course, Shamika, you, two years, that's not, that's not a long time. Did you date for a long time? So I actually dated um, this gentleman. This was actually my daughter's father. So we had dated for a while prior to prior to us getting married. Okay, got you. So um, what did that look like in terms of years? Like, was it a couple years or? Yeah, so it was off and on for a couple years, and he had went off to the service and came back. And then once he returned, we rekindled things and um, tried to work on our relationship, you know. Okay, got you, got you. And uh, how about you? Were you, Jeremy, were you uh, dating for a long time, or what was that like? No, um, let's see, I think we were dating for about, uh, I want to say six months before I actually proposed, I believe. Six or seven months, something like that. It wasn't long. So then what, uh, what made you pull the, the, the do you want to get married trigger on that? You know, I'm going to be straight up honest. It was Please it was do. a it was a uh, <laughs> it was a, a a physical attraction, and only because I felt that she 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 looked like well back then, she looked like somebody I used to have a crush on, which is Kelly Rowland, from uh, Destiny's Child, and you know back then she actually did kind of favor us, so that's what really attracted me to her, and uh, so that's why we uh, just just very uh, carnal reasons. 
so it was just it was just a physical attraction. Yeah, it was just a physical attraction. Yeah, for the, to, you know, in the beginning, and then um, it grew to something that I I thought it grew into something, but uh, yeah, it turned out to be not uh, what I expected. Okay, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> so in that, when you say it turned out to be something that you didn't expect it, where do you feel like things started to go downhill? Because physical attraction could only go so far. It could only take you, you know, there has to be more. Well, I, the thing is, I did have the red flags. Um, us being have grown up in church, so we had, you know, the mother that was that was always talking about make sure you're equally yoked with you know your mate and all of that. And and the first question my mom asked always asked is, was she saved and all of that? So and and she wasn't. Um, so I had that in the back of my brain, um, but I did have some red flags, some some early warning signs. I can remember two still to this day. Um, we were, I was at her house, and, and, and her mother, her parents were there that was visiting, and um, I went outside to help her mother grab something out of the trunk, and there was all these, these, these there was always these guys sitting across the street in this garage, and when we came outside, she said, I have a low tolerance for men, and mm-hmm. the way she said it, mm-hmm. It like I never forget it. Like it, I can just hear right now. I have a low tolerance for men, and find out past issues with her, um, and and, and her her uh, her past, and then also um, another another uh, incident where I ran into one of her classmates that I used to work with, and I ran into him at a wedding. No, this was the mother's classmate. Yeah, or? this is the mother's classmate. Um, um, uh, my ex-wife. And, um, you know, we were, we were chopping it up, and I told him I said who I was dating, and I was getting ready to marry. And he said, he said, good girl, but be careful because her parents have a very strong influence on her. Mm. And, Lord behold, that's exactly what happened. So what, why did you choose to ignore the warnings and the red flags? Be- because, you know, <sighs> me being me and... The decisions what is that I, stubborn? Yeah, me being me, and 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 you know, back you know, I I do what Jeremy's gonna do. You know what I mean? I've had the wise counsel. My mom, she she told me that that was not the one, um, and I didn't listen, and um, so that's got me in trouble. You know, a couple of times. You know, in in life, I got to be honest with you. Just that, a so. couple. Yeah, just a few, just a few. <laughs> so not listening, being disobedient. You know, um, so I just went on and did what I what I wanted to do. And um, so I ended up getting involved and proposing, getting married, and then, you know, why I'm in this now. Why are you in what now? Why I'm in this. Why, why, I'm, why, why I'm in this, this situation of the things I have to go through of being, being divorced. Being right? divorced, oh, okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, Shamika, how about you? Any... So... You know, I um, also went, you know, we talk about influences, right? And so we appreciate 
certain people in our life and we expect and respect some of the things that they say. So I can understand when uh, Jeremy speaks to those speaking about being equally yoked and things of that nature. So for me, um, I also listening to people who I consider to be um, and, you know, very engrossed with, with the Lord and just really focused with, with God and had been further along in the walk than I had been and had spoke to me several times about getting married and how once I got married, how I would grow and that God was going to bless and all these things, these flowerful things were, were going to happen. But they didn't say anything about what if your husband was aggressive? What if your husband, you know, those sorts of things that are going to hinder you from being able to, to tap into this, this level of growth because um, you, we, we all know that the blessings flow from the head. So when the head is out of order, then it, it messes up the whole household. So, you know, for me, um, the, there was, he's always presented himself in such a loving and caring way and that's what everybody else had um, experienced, but it was when no one else was looking. Mm. And so those things, I didn't get to see until after we had said I do. Right, and, and the doors were closed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Got you. Wow, that's deep. Um, from the standpoint that, you know, they, they often say that it's a dress rehearsal when you're dating somebody for about the first 90 days, right? They can only be put on the facade for so long, but I think people have gotten better more crafty and mm -hmm. looking a certain way. Right. Um, okay, so you both have gone through the phases, right? You're, you're in these, there were some red flags, um, Jeremy on your side, and so can you, you, you forged ahead and got married, right? Right, right. Okay, so tell us um, a little bit more from your perspective about uh, what, what it was like getting in maybe maybe kind of move us along into it going good to not being good anymore um or was it ever good you well know? there was there was good times of course there was there were good times um always there there was always a, some type of emptiness that i felt there was something missing um during that during that marriage um can't really put, you know, my finger on it, but I just felt that it wasn't, I just wasn't 100%. Okay. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the influences of family, um, like I said, her, her, her mother would come and stay for long periods of time. And um, because she had her own issues, she was always taking the side of her daughter. And my, and my ex-wife never having my back when it comes to her her family, her parents, um, it was just a lot of a lot of things that I didn't tolerate. That, um, like I said, staying long periods of time, you know, feeling that you can do whatever you want because you're the mother, and all that. And I just I don't I have a low tolerance for that. Um, if you would, I don't really care what your relationship is, what the relationship or whatever. When you come into my house, you a guest. You're not paying no bills, so. <laughs> you move how, we, how how I tell you to move. You know what I mean? It's just that's just how I you know I I, I am with it. And um I just don't I don't move how I tell it. you to move. Yeah yeah. That you know what I'm saying? That you, had to be quite that had to be quite yeah, a storm um, up in the house. You yeah we 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 have, have who had low tolerance. Right. We had we got <laughs> I've gotten to it with uh, with all pretty much all of my ex wife's family um, because I was I just wasn't gonna have the disrespect and I wasn't gonna tolerate that. Um, 
in my home, things that she got that she let them get away with, I don't let them get away with. Now let me ask you this: How much of looking back on that situation, looking back on, it seems like there was two very strong-willed, stubborn people who were now a part of each other's lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it sounds like your marriage, the the catalyst of the demise of your marriage came from the influence and the effect of the mother-in-law. And how, looking back on that situation, how much of that do you, I don't necessarily want to say regret, but... Was it like worth it in the end? Was it worth it in the end knowing that, okay, or how you handled it? I guess not necessarily was it worth it in the end, but looking back, you know, knowing, because from the beginning she said she had no a low tolerance. So she basically put that warning sign mm -hmm. out to you. Mm -hmm. So looking back, do you feel like you could have moved a little different? You could have handled things a little different. You could have maybe approached things a little differently than you did. Because I say this coming from a standpoint of if two, two bulls are in a room, they're going to go head to head. And neither one of them are going to back down. Yeah, but it's my and room. And it's not, but it, but it doesn't show, <laughs> but it doesn't show that you're weak necessarily in backing down. Sometimes it's just more wise in how you move about in that room. I, I get Does that it. Make sense? I get it. But like I said, I'm I'm a type of person. I don't bother. I don't bother nobody. Mm -hmm. How you do in your household? How you do in your household? I don't go in your household try to change it or make suggestions. Except for when you come it's, to mine for drink. <laughs> You know, and I expect that same with my household. You know what I mean? Don't come in and, and saying what I'm not going to do and what I'm, you know, I, all that. Yeah, that was a problem for me. It was, it was the giving me command words in my own home that you don't pay for. That's where we butted heads, and that's where I had to. Okay, so that's where you guys butted, butted heads. heads. right. So, but looking back on that, mm -hmm. and it doesn't sound like it, but looking back on it, do you think you would have moved a, li a little differently? Do you think you accomplished anything now? Yes. About how things, what did you accomplish? I'm divorced from that. That's what I accomplished. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, sometimes the, the win is in the loss, okay? We, <laughs> we are apart yeah. from each other. Yeah. There was nothing I would, there was nothing I would do differently because, I, number one, I'm a protector. And I, and I am a protector of myself. I'm a protector of my space. I'm a protector of my household. I'm a protector so you're like, of. So you're like cocaine bear. <laughs> I guess you could say that, you know, I, I, I just am, you know, and when you come to disrupt my space, then we have a problem. So, yeah, so no, I wouldn't do anything different. I, I would react the same way. All right. Okay. So, Shamika, I want to get your perspective. Of course, you don't have to go super in-depth if you don't want to, but, like, um, I guess we'll stay in that, in that same vein of how... You you started off. You got into the marriage. Uh, when was it? When was it good? And like, how soon did it flip for you? So, if I'm going to be very honest and transparent, the night of the uh, of the wedding, oh, when wow. that's quick. Yeah. So, honeymoon. We're and we go to we're you know to the resort and whatnot where we're going to stay, and immediately it turned into. Um, it felt like a lifetime movie for me. 
So the switch happened. And from that moment on, it was, it was a control kind of thing and trying to fight for, um, when you get married, you don't lose yourself, you add to it. And so Mm -hmm. the problem is when someone wants you to lose you in order to gain them, that's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It's a, it's a coming together. Mm -hmm. I, I, 100% 100% agree with that. And, of course, Javana and I got married young. And so, you know, we learned pretty early on in our lives how to compromise and really get along and coexist in a in a space. Like, I think those first couple of years were kind of, you know what I'm saying, bumpy. They was bumpy. Mm-hmm. There was turbulence. <laughs> we didn't crash the plane, guys, and that's what we want you to know. We didn't crash the plane. and But we eventually learned, and, and it's advice that I give guys all the time, in the sense of they, they'll say, do you have any advice for me? I'm about to get married. And I'll say, yeah. I'll say, um, your ability to compromise and to get along with your woman does not diminish your masculinity and who you are as a man. Like, you don't have to battle and gangbang on your, on your wife. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I tell guys all the time. It's like, you know, that's not the one to, to be hard with, not the one to be tough with. Like, you don't have to do that. And so that's what I tell young guys get married when they ask me if I got any advice. Mm-hmm. But that, I feel like even with that, like, that's great advice. However, I feel like the male ego um, will always struggle with that. It's, you're only as good as you are going to be if your wife allows you that space. So if she's always gang banging on you, then of course you're going, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if there's always if there's always tension, but somebody has to, what, what did they say on Fresh Prince? Somebody has to be the heavy, okay? Somebody has to be the one that um, balances out the situation. You, you can't always go light and, and go back at them. Somebody has to, to grow up. Right. That's true. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 Looked like you was about to say something. No, I'm just, I'm oh. just. Taking no, it in. I was I was just gonna say, yeah, that's that's definitely true. I think that it really in in for the person going heavy, the person going light in a relationship, it's maturity but understanding like what it's gonna take to get the end result. Because I think that a lot of times when you're married and you guys can can chime in, but a lot of times when you're married and you're in the midst of an argument, you're in the midst of a situation it's about getting your point across and you don't care about what anybody else thinks or says, it's all about you. But one thing I think that helped um, eventually we had to get to, Rance and I had to get to is, is this really worth it? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this argument we're having right now, is this problem in our relationship right now really worth it? Can we work past it? Is it something that we can come together and have an understanding and get past? So going back to you, Jeremy, mm-hmm. with the problem in your relationship mainly being the influence of the mother-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, did you and your ex ever come together and have, like, not a heated discussion, but an understanding of, listen, it's me and you. You know what I'm saying? I remember in, in counseling that was one of the things that they told Rance and I. They said, there's a circle. It was our, our old pastor. He said, there's a circle. And in that circle is you, me, and God. Children, parents, 
outside influences. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is out on the outside. And at the end of the day, it's like you stated earlier when we were setting up, you said we sleep in the same bed together. Nobody else should be in that bed but y'all. Right. Right, right. So if nobody else is in that bed and you guys got to share the bed, you can't let nobody else is not getting in that bed affect your relationship. So did you guys ever have a come to Jesus meeting where you guys can speak and talk about your expectations in this marriage and how you go, how you going to make it work? We did. We, well, we tried that. Um, but still, it was it it seemed still still to seem to be one sided. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's my mom, you know. I heard that a lot. Yeah. Um, so it was never. Um, and then you would think, by her being the mother, she would be able to give wisdom to the both of us being married, you know, thirty some years. But no. Well, so we didn't. So we didn't. We didn't have that. So all I had mm-hmm. was my mother, you know. Um, to go to if if you know if I had questions or if I had concerns or whatever, and she always give me good advice. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty much me against them in that household, mm. and that's um, yeah. So yeah. As far as um, you know, I, my previous relationship is concerned, not this one, of course, honey, <laughs> honey bunny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honey bunny. Um, so as far as uh, the previous relationship, we did try to have um, conversation and just um, try to come to a commonality and come to a certain place where we could both understand one another and understand what each other needed. The problem is when, when it takes two parties to want to be a giver because it requires each one to give even if it means that it's something that they're not comfortable with giving or something they're not used to get giving because it then allows for your relationship to get to a place where you're both getting what you need, mm-hmm. you know? And so I needed to feel comfortable. I needed to feel safe. I needed to feel these things, but it wasn't something he was even able to give, you know? And so that caused a lot of challenges, especially now you throw children into the mix so how safe are my children? How safe, you know? So it, it's, it's a number of things that, that happened and, um, you know, tried to do counseling, tried to do certain things like that. But again, there has to be a level of giving and compromising in order for these things to work. And so when they didn't, unfortunately, um, you know, we ended where we did. So have either of you ever truly felt valued or appreciated and I'm pretty sure, obviously, know the answer, but I just want you to expound on that. Have you ever truly felt valued and appreciated? And if not, or what does that look like to you? What does being valued, what does being appreciated look like to you in your marriage? So are you asking about the previous marriage, or are you just... I'm asking, um, in the previous marriage, did you ever feel valued or appreciated? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we know the answer, but... Mm-hmm. From that, what does that look? What does being, what does Jeremy being valued and appreciated look like now? To um, you? um. So obviously, no, I didn't feel valued uh, in the previous marriage. Um, one being that when we got married, I moved into her home mm. that she purchased. So I heard a lot of "This is my house." I heard a lot of her her mother saying, "This is my daughter's house." Her name is on the on the mortgage. So that kind of 
were telling me that basically I'm less of a man. Yeah. I, I had that that type of feeling. So that in that way, I didn't feel that even though I'm working and help paying bills, but that key part. Um, far as message for the fellas, don't move into her house. Right. Okay. Don't that right because I I vowed after that I said if I get married again I would never never move in um, to uh, her home. Mm-hmm. Never, and and that's what what I did. So, um, but far as the how do I feel valued? Just being heard. Okay. Um, my feelings taken into consideration. Um, I think a lot of men probably feel that way. I feel like in marriage, it's this the the woman we always gotta, you know. Listen to the you know listen to the woman and whatever she wants and then she gets and we're just kind of just you got you got a, that that happy wife happy life thing you know what I mean which in, which is good at the same time but it's true to a certain extent right, but at right. the same time we still we still have you know we want to be heard we still have our feelings and our emotions as men you know that's true um, so it, it's important for the wives to to check on us. And, and see, is everything going on with you? Is, every, is everything all right? Anything you want to talk about, you know, um, open that line of communication. Initiate it, I should say. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes. So, yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I do believe that there was um, moments where I felt valued. Okay. So, I can I can speak to that. And, and um I feel like overall, to feel valued and appreciated, it, it, you know, it really speaks to people differently, right? And so for me, you know, um, again, safety is a huge is a huge coin for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not just physical safeness, right? I mean, we, it's that's easy to say that I can get somebody to come and, you know, go bang out or whatever the case may be, but can I trust you with me? Can I trust you with everything it is, broken, healed, you know, um, desires, dreams, goals? Can I trust you with everything that makes me who I am? And if you can do that, then I know that you value me because I come to increase because that's what God put in me. So if you value me, let's increase together. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that came yeah. I mean, what what do you say after that? <laughs> right, I mean, right. You know, what <laughs> you know, what do you say after that? So I guess, all right. So let's move the needle to, um, boom. You you're in these marriages. You're realizing that stuff is is not what you where it should be. When when did y'all make ultimate decisions that it was time to end it? Like. And what was that process for for you? What was that like? Was it did it feel like um, the death of something? Like I've heard it described as like this feels like the death of my marriage, or was it you know some people throw divorce parties? Like how did it feel for y'all? Um, I would say the ending for me um, it was that la- it was this last argument, and her mother was staying there. We I got into it with my ex-wife and her mom. It was right after my youngest daughter was born, probably about maybe like oh, two weeks. And um, that's when we went to Memphis. And we had a big fiasco. She was telling me, her mom was telling me, no, you don't need to go nowhere. And, and you just 
with the I don't need, you don't need, and you not going to, and all that. So I just, but for me, I pretty much emotionally checked out probably maybe two months before that. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was pretty much done. So um, then we had the argument. That's when I left the house, and we filed for separation, and I, had, I didn't come back. Um, and then, you know, I think a year later, our divorce was finalized. So who, who initiated the divorce? Um, she did. We, so we were separ- legally separated. And then I went to stay with mom. And then uh, one day I got a knock at the door. And it was a sheriff serving me with papers. And then and start. You, you both mutually agreed on the separation or who initiated the separation? Um, we had the argument. I think um, somebody called my mother and then... Um, she was like, well, just let me come get them. And then that was pretty much that. So I left. left. I got my clothes, and I just, I just left. So it wasn't really a conversation of separation um, until later on and when we went to court and did, the, you know, did it legally. And then, like I said, about a year later, we actually had the, uh, the, final, the, the, the final divorce. So it, it went bad, and that was it. Boom. Yeah, it went bad, and it was, it, that was it. I was, I was like I said, I... Nothing uh, gradual. Yeah, I was just pretty much emotionally checked out. I was, ready to, I was ready to be done. I was ready to be done and divorced. I was already looking forward to single life. <laughs> I was, Living I was, the single Yeah, single. I was already looking forward to it. I was already, you know what I'm saying, thinking about the... That's another show. <laughs> I, was right. already, I was already thinking about black people meeting and all that. You know what I'm saying? I was ready. I was, I was yeah, I was... This, was, man, this yeah. man checked out with a plan. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Had the Kevin McAllister divorce. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely. Had a, he had a Home Alone uh, <laughs> breaking yeah, map already. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, mine is better told with a story. Do we have time? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so there was an incident that took place and um, I was concerned about my children. And so um, nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody really sets out and gets married to get a divorce. So my prayer was that God would fix my marriage. So I was praying and we had this, uh, this, um, this event that was going on where it was like a three day event where it was prayer in the morning, prayer in the evening, a service throughout the day. And, and I told God that I wasn't going to eat anything until he gave me an answer. So I went on this fast and it was crazy because he challenged me because I had to, the people who were supposed to cook for this event didn't show up. So I'm cooking all this food. You know, it's like temptation city right there. Right. (laughs) And so I, 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 I didn't taste anything. I said, no, God, I need to hear from you. And so my prayer the whole time was, God, I need you to fix this. I need you to fix it. And um, this woman, I don't know who she was. She came up to me after service was over with, and I'm sitting there on the front pew, and I'm just waiting, you know, still basking in just the presence of God. And um, she comes up to me, and she asked me um, what he did. And I went through this list of things that he was doing and how upset I was and this and the other. And she said, okay, well, what did you do? Mm. And I said, I didn't do anything. You know, I was, I'm pr- practically perfect. I'm like Mary Poppins. And so, Not Mary Poppins. <laughs> and so then she said, no, what did you do? And then I, it hit me that I married him and I wasn't supposed to. Mm. And um, I stepped out of God's will. 
And so I had to repent. And I, I said, you know, God, I'm sorry. You know, I repented. And then I heard um, God's voice say, how can I fix something I did not ordain? Ooh, okay. And I was like. If you guys don't know by now, she goes to church. <laughs> <laughs> and um, immediately fell out crying and was repenting. And that evening I um, was going to tell him what I had heard. And it was so funny because I, I can remember the moon coming in through the, through the window beating on my face and it sealed my lips. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't tell him anything because God wasn't done dealing with me. And so a lot of times we want to, even regardless of what somebody else, else has done, we always want to point the finger at somebody else. Right. And we don't stop to really think about what we've done to, um, to, get our, to either get ourselves in that situation or to cause the situation to be worse. Exactly. And so um, I knew that at this moment, God was giving me either an opportunity to continue on or to walk away because of some of the things that had been happening. And God does not call his people into bondage. So I, um, you know, we came to a place where there was a situation that happened. And I told him that somehow, you know, it, it, it had escalated and some, uh, some government agencies got involved and stuff. And so um, long story short, he had to leave the house. And so from there, we kind of went our separate ways and I ended up filing for a divorce myself. So gotcha. It's the most sophisticated way to say that the cops came. <laughs> Government agencies got involved. I love it. I absolutely love it. Very sophisticated. Com com complete diplomat. You know, I'm gonna blow up your spot. But yeah, that was good. I like that. No, but that, that was really good because a lot of us, um, you, you touched on something very profound and God didn't ordain it. And a lot of times we, um, we see what happens when God doesn't ordain something. Mm -hmm. I can say, I, I know growing up, so my mom is an evangelist. And that was one thing that she would tell me all the time is not to marry somebody that God doesn't tell you to marry, that God doesn't ordain. And I've shared this before in a podcast that I think I have that that was what allowed me to walk down the aisle and marry Rance in the midst of all these naysayers because I stood on God's word. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I feel like people aren't willing to own up to the fact that I made a mistake. I did not follow God in this. The Bible says to acknowledge me in all of thy ways and I will direct thy path, right? And so it takes a very mature person to be like, okay, God, you're right. I didn't. How are we going to fix this? Mm -hmm. And be willing to walk away. Be willing to, to make it right. right. You know? Um, and, and that, because that, that affects a lot of things. And that doesn't mean that in the midst of that, I know some people are like, well, if God didn't ordain it, why did you have kids and this, that, and the other? God might not ordain it, but he knew you was going to do it because he knows all things, right? Look, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Now, he made that slip and slide away for these babies to come into this world. So, you know, I don't care how unordained it might have been. You slip in the slide and some kids are going to come. That's well, just how it goes. Right, but then if you make a mistake, do you keep making more mistakes to try to fix the first one? No. Right. The, the mistake is getting linked in with somebody and having and, and the children were here before right so just mm -hmm. trying to fix it and trying to fix it we made things worse so mm. it, it's 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 a matter of being honest with yourself and being honest with um your partner who you're with you know and um really making sure that 
that you're taking the time to dissect where you're at. You know, we were young, too. So, you know, a lot of times we make decisions. And, and uh, Jeremy, you can attest to that when you were young as well. So we're making all of these decisions based on somebody else's opinion without even stopping mm -hmm. to think what it means to you. Right. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's all right. So, yeah. So, OK, can I ask? All right. I got two questions. When you guys entered your first marriages, do you mind sharing how old you were? Uh, I think I was. I see. I want to say. 28? 28? I believe. Okay. Wow, I think I was like 23. 23 and I 28? I was young. I, I really feel like, you know, your 20s is where you start really making real decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we, we put this pressure on people to become adults at 18 and stuff like that. And, you know, maturity and all those things, the frontal lobe development scientifically, they say, happens when you turn about 20 years old. So it's incredible, like, how our society is set up for us to move into certain arenas um, and, and uh, in life in what I would call kind of an early stage. Because, like, now you guys are together, you're married, you're at a different stage of your life for the most part, and so you have a different perspective to go into things with. Mm -hmm. So when you first got married, did, did you guys go through, like, marriage counseling um, with with your spouses, or did you do the full program, partial? How'd that work? We did do the marriage counseling. Um, probably many weeks we did that? Probably about three? Three? No, not three. Oh, probably a month, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean with your former spouses. but Oh, former spouses? <laughs> um, no, I think we, all we did was took a, a compatibility test oh. and okay. then had maybe one session, and that was it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so we, I think we had one session with our pastor, and that was it. It wasn't any prolonged type of, uh, you know, training. And then, too, if I could throw this in there, he was different when he came back from the service. He was in the war. Oh, okay, So, yeah. you know, that element as well. So he needed counseling for that alone. Before. So it's well documented that, like, soldiers, when they come back mm -hmm. from combat, it's just, yeah. So that, that's a whole nother animal. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. All right, so this time with you guys coming together, um, did you go to counseling this time around? Or Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, we, go ahead. we made sure that, um, that we did everything correct uh, with, with our... Um, or different than the path you took before, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so we wanted to make sure that we was doing everything right, and and we we took the the counseling seriously, um, assignments and everything. I was actually I enjoyed it myself, but you know, how about you? You enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like we there was some tools that was thrown at us that um, even you know the, the fact that we're older and we've we've gone through marriage before. There was some things that gave us. Uh, some some some, we, some things we had to pause and think about and chew on, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. yep. So, and do you think that? Well, I have okay. So I feel like there's one statistic we ain't putting this on y'all, but when we were going through this the statistics last week on our other pod on our other episode, there was one um, that said that a lot of times people who have been divorced before will sometimes marry again, marry each other, like 
two divorcees getting married. And they say that a lot of times those marriages do end in divorce again. So what made you guys want to get married again? Like not look at your first relationship as this was a failure. I mean, I don't want to necessarily use the word failure, but you know. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So this was a failure, but what made you like want to you know, get married again? What made you not give up hope on, okay, love is lost, this just ain't for me, I'ma just live my single life, I'ma just enjoy my kids and just move on? Um, well, for me is I um, was all, I've always been a fan of marriage, so that's not, that's, that's not an issue. There's nothing wrong with marriage, it's who you marry. So I wasn't gonna take my bad experience bad experience from my first marriage and then put say that marriage is just it just sucks it's just i hate when people do that mm-hmm. you know what i mean label it as it's just it's just nothing it doesn't it sucks and all that I, why mm-hmm. you just had a bad experience doesn't mean marriage is bad so um i i held on to that thought and you know because of that it led me to this queen here so all right well, yeah you know what i mean so yeah give me my crown <laughs> <laughs> I take it. <laughs> That's right. No, I, you know, if I can be very honest and transparent. So I, I didn't want to get married again. You know, for a while I thought that it would probably be best for me to stay single. You know, you, you deal with a lot of, um, especially with being in the church, you deal with a lot of people saying different things and, 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 you know, she's married again, you know, those sorts of things. And so for me, I think what I needed to do was take some time away and just really heal. Yeah. Heal from the marriage and heal from people and people's opinions. And mm. so um, for me, it wasn't until I had gotten to a place where um, I was comfortable with my, where I was, career, and who I became, and that I wanted to share my life with somebody else. You know, And so in that sharing, I was able to um, meet Jeremy and... Um, you know, my king. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is you, you didn't have a whole phase at all. Like, you didn't. Oh, no, no. I didn't have one of them. I didn't have one of them. You don't have to do that, ladies. Fellas, no, you don't have to do God. that. She's a woman of God. She didn't fellas, have a whole phase. Fellas and ladies, you don't have to do that. You can break up and still be wholesome. You don't have to go through yeah. that. So I, did you not date at all? Um, most of it, no, I didn't. Okay. So I went on, yeah. So I went on a few dates, and I, I, <laughs> I dated one or two people. Um and so I think that was like, you kept it. Oh, wow. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Raising your kids, and raising my kids. And, and one of the one of the things um, was, it was deliberate at first. So the first part was, you know, my children had already been through enough and I didn't want to chance. Right. Because it's a chance that you may get into a relationship with somebody else that can create more damage for your children. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they had been through enough. So I would rather had stayed single and pour into them and make sure that they come out ahead at the end yeah. than me continuing to play house with somebody who uh, may not be there to pour into them the way that they needed to. So if they already had some breakage. Let's just leave it at that and work on the healing for that before we try to add something else to the pot. Man, you better, you better go ahead, okay? <laughs> you better go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, but that that's that's not that's very good because a lot of people are not now you're a mother and so as a mother it's always about your kids. Just point blank period. It's always about your kids. But 
in that, now that ain't for all mothers. <laughs> Let's just uh, some some of them out there driving the boat right now. <laughs> Let's just say that. But you you first of all you acknowledge the fact that you needed to heal. You acknowledge the fact that you needed to work on some things because you didn't want to repeat this cycle for you or your children. And you were willing to I'ma put mama's needs aside. I'm going to focus on getting my healing. I'm going to focus on my children being healed and them not having to go through or possibly go through this hell again. And then when God says so, I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, start meeting mama's needs. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And a lot of people, a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Um, and I commend you for that because a lot of people are like, well, Mommy still has needs, you know, dad still has needs or whatever. So they're not willing to stop dating or put that on pause to fix on work on themselves. I, yeah, I, I have to say, I didn't take that approach. <laughs> oh, we know. I didn't take that approach. <laughs> I, I, I use women to, <laughs> to, to heal. You know, so, um, so women were just, your medicine. Uh, yeah. Now, would you call yeah. that a whole phase? No, I'm just kidding. Don't answer the question. Don't answer the question. The um, wife is here. Yeah, so I, I, I women to fill voids, and yeah, so I went through that that period um, until I just completely just had to get deliverance. But did you feel like that helped you? <laughs> did you get tired? Um, did you Did you, did you feel it? like? It, yeah, it got boring. It, after a while, you know, dating multiple women and, and all that, it it got to the point where because I already knew I already knew what marriage looked like. We got our parents were together, you know, until death. Um, and then, you know, you have your parents, they were together. So we already, we had the, 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 what marriage looked like through the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, it, it wasn't, I guess that's probably one of the reasons why, um, I didn't give up on marriage because I, I've seen what it looks like. I see on two people who have the good and the bad, but they stick it together and they work it out. So, um, having those great examples and just many great examples of many you know, relatives that have been have long marriages and all of that. So, but yeah, I I I didn't I didn't. That's the how I use my healing or whatever you want to call it, or I coped. Not healing, I say coped. You coped. That's how I coped. You coped. But that's just, that's also a good point that you made, um, Jeremy. Is a lot of times people don't have those examples. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have an example of what a successful marriage is. I don't, I don't like using the word good marriage because... I don't I, like saying happy marriage either. I like saying successful. Yeah, mm -hmm. because, I mean, marriages have their ups and their downs, and they have their bad seasons and their good seasons. Right. So, you know, a successful marriage where people are happily forging and, and staying together and making it work, right. you know, and willing to compromise together to keep each other happy. Right. But a lot of times, if you grew up in... A single mom, you don't know who your dad is, or you grew up in an adoptive family, maybe foster child, or you grew up where you came from divorced parents. You don't have those examples. So it's right. easy for you to go through this and be like, okay, this didn't work out for me. It's just not meant to be. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Yeah, y'all rolling, man. Some really good uh, information coming through here <laughs> for those who are you know, maybe in a rough patch in your relationship. All right, so you guys, uh, you are now in this different phase mm -hmm. of doing this again mm -hmm. together. You both had your process, right? So, Shamika, we know that you were really deliberate in 
going through a healing process, probably a metamorphosis to a degree. I mean, you, you changed. Uh, you know, we know that your healing process was a coping mechanism more than a healing process. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what have you, what have you been able to learn? What have you been able to to glean? And have you seen yourself potentially having some bad habits, or and you brought them to your new union or even some some good habits that you learned and you said no I, I this is this is the new me and i've been able to stay on code with with that um i would have to say what i am learning um i believe that when we go through a bad marriage or relationship and we're going through something new we're holding we're holding on so tight to what we don't want mm-hmm. that it kind of suffocates the new relationship at times like weeds to a, yeah. to a plant. Yeah. yeah. So I had to learn to, um, well, I'm learning to, to let that go. The things that I really feel strongly about and separate for the things that I can just say, you know what? I'm gonna let that go. That, that isn't, it's, it's not worth it or whatever. Hmm. Um, okay. So that's what I'm actually learning. Um, we, we've actually, have had a, a little bit of, you know, we, we go through our little spats or whatever. And um, so I'm learning to do a lot more listening. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my, my thing. I was, I was so, so gun-ho on how I felt and how Jeremy feels about stuff. And, and it's like there's no room for anything else. It's what I, you know what I mean? So, so I, have to, I had to learn <clears throat> to do that and still... Still in, in working in progress. Okay. Um, but I think I've gotten a lot better with that. Would you, would you say or no? <laughs> you want me to confirm? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, it could be a struggle. You know what I mean? Like I said, when, because I went through that trauma. Because a, for you, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, emasculating situations that, that yeah. took place. Yeah. And, of course, you're fighting for your respect in this right. relationship. And, you know, I... Anybody who who knows my brother knows he's big on respect. Like you gonna you gonna respect his Cheetos, you gonna respect his juice, you gonna respect his waters, you gonna respect him. So I can understand that. So you you had to kind of you're still learning how to kind of tailor some of that. Is that yes, 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 absolutely. So I um, it's interesting. I I like to think about Michelle and Barack, right? And I think about when Michelle was saying how they had been married, and for ten years of their marriage, she couldn't stand Barack. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I've and, heard that. Yeah, and so to me, I was like, wow, there is hope. But <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, but I think that um, what's huge is communication, right? And so we say communication, communication, and just because you can say how you feel does not mean you're properly communicating. So. The, um, when I was into studying for my undergrad, it was interesting when they told us that as a communicator, it's your responsibility to make sure that your listener understands and receives your message. If they have not done that, you've, pro- you've not properly communicated. So it, it doesn't matter how well we get it out or how well we think we get it out, has it been received? Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, again, I had spent a lot of my adult life and, you know, coming up or whatever before me and Jeremy got together um, as a single woman. So having to communicate 
on this level has always has been has posed itself to be a challenge because at work you can communicate if we don't get along it's, it's fine we can have a working relationship you know with my children it's one way my family you know we know that that unconditional love is there and that they understand because they've been around for so long but when you're now in a relationship there's buttons that get pushed that wouldn't normally get pushed and you have to then communicate how you feel in a in a in a conducive way that's received. And so that's the challenge, right? And so just the same as Jeremy was saying, I think that that's something that we've had to, to work on, but it's, it's worth the work, you know, because we can say 10 years from now that out of the 10 years, five years, I couldn't stand you, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I love you, you know? And so I think that, um, that that's, that's huge and that's key when we talk about moving forward with marriage. It's not always roses. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always good. But it's great if you can um, figure out a way to work through all your, you know. And I don't know, did we, because you guys have only been married for two, two years. years. Yeah. So it's still very fresh in Yeah, I, actually, I told her the other day, I said, when we were, you know, having our little, I said, right now, I said, we're immature in marriage right now. Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to take time for us to get that communication rolling to understand we're still learning. Everything is still clicking. So it's not, it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We're immature. And Jeremy, you old. So it's like you set in I'm your ways. Yeah. You know, the longer you sit by yourself and you alone, it's like you just get set and set and set. And then it's like you get married. Now all that undoing has to happen. All that unsetting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just sorry to rip me down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's my yeah. brother-in-law. This is our relationship. We got to mess with each other. But, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I think that a lot of times people don't, aren't willing, like you said, Shamika, about Michelle and, and um, Barack, people aren't willing to understand and realize that it's a season. Mm-hmm. It's a season. Mm-hmm. You know? And as long as you both have the the thought process in the mind. You're first of all, you're both willing to work on it, to stay together. But then acknowledge that this is going to be a season, and if we continue to pray together, to work together, to communicate, you know, and understand what our end goal is in mind, then we're going to get through the season. And I feel like a lot of people don't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. They just, and it's easy when you're when you're going through your valley. It's easy to see everybody else's mountaintop, and you're like. That, that ain't my reality. But are they really on a mountain? You know, a lot of people can that fake part. things. And oh, yes. their situation could be ten times worse than yours. But, you know, we have to really just understand what works. And, and what works for, for your relationship is not going to work for ours. You know, mm-hmm. and the things you desire and things you like aren't the same as, as, as ours. And so to compare relationships, you're already right. setting yourself up for failure. Right. Also, um, you know, as far as the, the divorce... It's, it's going to happen if you make it an option. If you make that a possible exit, then it will be an exit. You know That's what I mean? Good, yeah. So we don't want to throw that word around in our marriage because it, that's, it's actually a seed that is, that's planted. So, mm. you know, whatever we can do to work out our differences. And sometimes it's, it's hard. It's hard. I'm stubborn, and she's stubborn sometimes. You know what I mean? I'm stubborn some, every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know? I grew, I grew up and, with you. Yeah, every now and then, every, right? Every once in a while. Yes, yes. About yes. nine out of ten. Yeah, whatever. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. Yeah. 
Um, do you guys got any uh, parting words of advice for those out there who may be um, in that place where they're trying to get married again or they've been divorced? Like, give, give us something in 30 seconds. What you got? Um, I'll say just don't give up on love. Um, it's somebody out there for you. Um, like I said, just take the bad experiences, use it as experience, make it as, as a learning. Um, don't take the baggage and just, uh, you know, learn yourself, grow, mature, and um, yeah, and healing. That's the biggest, the biggest part. I would just say take the time to know you. Take the time to heal the areas that have been broken, to really be deliberate in addressing what really has upset you, what really hurt you, how you felt about it, why, why you felt that way, to really dissect you. And sometimes it, it may take longer than others, you know, to be honest with yourself. But then also don't rush getting into another relationship. Take the time to get to know somebody, you know, and... Um, and I, I think, too, sometimes we, we, we desire to be married so much. We desire to have somebody that we jump into relationships that don't bear any fruit. Mm. And so we need to really take the time to just be comfortable with being by yourself. So then when somebody else is produced, you're already a whole person introducing yourself to a, hopefully another whole person. Right. That's good. Hey, man. Man. Hey, that was some, some good advice. So, man, this has been a f- Full, you got more to add? Uh-uh, no. Oh, this has been a, a full uh, <laughs> episode <laughs> of Undivorced Willable. Episode, uh, did I say 45? Are we on 45? Wow. Uh, yeah, episode 45, man. So uh, tune in if you got questions. Uh, please make sure you hit us up. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook at Undivorced Withable. Uh, we are also on Threads. So you can also shoot a question there. If you want to. And, uh, yeah, man, we will get back with you on that. You got anything that you want to? Sure, sure, Yeah, indeed. So, episode 45, Undivorced Withable. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our guests. Thanks for having Jeremy us. Jeremy and Shamika Robinson. We really appreciate you guys. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. Indeed. Yes. 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 <laughs> Might have to make y'all regulars. All right, y'all. All right. We are out. I'll come back. Let me know. Love y'all. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>